stuck into briar patches. Some of them had fallen into ravines. Some of them had gotten taken captive by wolves and were about to be eaten. You don't know what happens to those little lambs out in the wilderness. And the shepherd, the good shepherd, he said, I'm going to go find them because I love them. You see, we were all lost lambs wandering around the wilderness trying to find, trying to make it our own way. That's who we are. You're lost. You're not bad. And somehow we, we translated that story, the heart, Jesus' heart never sees you as bad. He sees you as lost and you wandered away. And guess what? He's going to go anywhere you are to bring you back home, whatever it cost him. And we all know what it cost Jesus to bring us back home. It cost him everything. So we're about to get this because I want to, uh, uh, first, before I, before I get started, I want to give you guys a chance, okay? So think about it. Um, last week, we had a, 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 a powerful thing happen, really, during the service. And uh, you guys actually got to pray for each other. And some of you were, got to give words to somebody, that words from the Lord that you felt like the Lord had was given, put in your heart to give to them. And some of you got words from people, right? And I just want you to remember... Um, if you were one of the people who got words from somebody, if God spoke to you, and he may have spoken to you during worship, he may have spoken to you during the sermon, he may have spoken to you before you even came, he might have spoken to you through a word somebody gave you, right? And I know he did because I heard several testimonies this week about people that received words that blessed them, that brought them life, that... Uh, was like a drink of water. It's like it was like a lifeline thrown to you. And so I just want you to remember now. So if you got a word last week, uh, I want you to remember what it was, if you will. Try to think about it. Not everybody got words, but uh, several people did. And God moved, okay? Now, um, this may put you on the spot, which I'm okay with. Uh, I want to put you on the spot because I think it'll... It's something we need to do. You see, because we, we have this word we're about to look at because he tells this story and uh, he, he says, guys, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one. It wanders off. You, all your sheep are together and one lamb takes off by itself, just going wherever it wants to go and it gets lost. And he looks for it and then when he finds it, he wraps his arm around it. You see, that's what I want, to, I want you to share with me this morning. I'm asking you to share because I believe we need to share those things. Like you'll encourage somebody because you know what happens when God speaks to you or when God comes to you? It changes the way you think. It changes how, how you feel. And uh, so if you got a word last week, one of those words I'm asking you to think of, and you'd be willing to share it, now, uh, this, would be a, this wouldn't be the person who got the word and gave it to somebody. This would be you got a word. You received a word from somebody from the Lord or had an encounter with the Lord last Sunday. Uh, I need a couple of you to share, okay? And I know it's a little scary. It's like, it's a little scary, but it'll really help us. Because uh, what I was doing last week was trying to show you the real definition of the word repentance. The real definition is not what the English word repentance means. 
Metanoia is the Greek word, and we talked about it. Because the truth is, every one of us were lost lambs, right? Every single one of us were that way. We all like sheep. We've all gone astray. Each of us has gone our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Guess what iniquity is? That's the word for sin here in the Old Testament. It means going your own way. He defined it in this verse in Isaiah 53, 6. He defined what it means. It means going your own way. That's what iniquity is. That's what sin is. The lambs went their own way and got lost. And what, guess what God does when we get lost in this world? He finds us. And last week, some of, some, one or two of you guys in this room were found. And so real, and I, uh, Stephen said he would do it. You can, I'd rather you come up here if you would, but Stephen will bring a microphone to you because I can't hear you if you don't speak on the mic. Um, so would anybody be willing to share what God spoke to them last week, what he said to you? Anybody? You don't have to be a girl, even though this is Mother's Day. Uh, I know it's really scary. I could have done this beforehand. But you could also be brave and share. And I won't call you out, Angie. But any, no, I won't call you out. So can you do it? Oh, my gosh, she can do it. She never. Okay. Thank you. You're brave. <laughs> okay, so um, I had rededicated my life at, a, at my Chrissy's House Fellowship a few, well, it's probably been about six or seven months. Um, never really talked about baptism or anything, but um, I do a meeting with the, with the Glenoak County Jails on uh, every Wednesday night, and I went to their baptism. And the the pre the preacher was in we were in the in it was pouring down rain it was storming so bad so we were kind of delayed they were setting up canopies so that the families because their fam all the girls families were there and the guys too they were setting up canopies so that you know because it was storming like it was storming and so um, me and the the pastor just kind of bumped shoulders and he's like so are you saved and I was like. Yeah, yes, sir. I've been saved since I was a kid, you know, but um, I definitely, I late, just not too long ago, I rededicated my life. And he said, okay, I just want to make sure. But no baptism, you know. And um, so when they get done, they did the men, they did the women. And when they get done, Pastor Shane looked at me, he said, are you ready? And it's storming. There's a horse trough. And I kicked my shoes off, y'all, and I went and I jumped in that horse trough so fast that I got baptized at Lono <laughs> County Jail yeah. after my girls. And I was thinking on the way home, I was like, you know, my kids wasn't there, my mom wasn't there, and then I thought, I just kind of laughed, and I was like, you, you, you know, yeah. And I didn't even think about that. Like, I was just like, and I thought, you know, I, I couldn't have made an appointment. I mean, how much more fantastic was that experience, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I didn't set up an appointment and I just followed what God did want me to do. And all the way home, I just kept laughing out loud. I was like, <laughs> look what I just did. Yeah. Look what I just did. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Angie. Come on. She broke the ice for us. We're not, we don't have a horse trough up here. You don't have to get in the water. Okay. Because the truth is, when Jesus speaks to you, when somebody prophesies over you and it clicks, 
and there's an aha moment, that's repentance. That's biblical repentance. So did anybody, I, I could manipulate you, is anyone here not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> anybody? I know you did. Harvey's not. <laughs> okay. I'll give you one more second. This is a big deal. Other than that, I'm, I'm going to move on. And last week we talked about this, and several of you participated in it. It's, guess what makes God happy, right? It's in this, in this verse. In, uh, it says this, Jesus said this in this parable, I tell you in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Well, sinner doesn't mean you're less than everybody else. It doesn't mean you should be ashamed of yourself. That's not what that word means. It means you're captive. It means you've been taken captive. And the word repentance was the one that we went after. It's the Greek word metanoia. And I would like us all to shift our brains and think metanoia. Because metanoia means this. When you have an encounter with God, you're empowered to have a change of mind. You can't just do this on your own because you can't even save yourself, can you? I can't either. So my whole life I struggle with believing I'm stupid. My whole life. And then one day I have this encounter with the Lord and now I think I'm the smartest guy in the room. Okay, I don't think that, but I don't think I'm stupid anymore. Do you know how much it hurt me to believe I was stupid since I was a kid? It hurt, and it hurt, and it hurt, and, I, and it manipulated me. It controlled my behavior. It controlled my anger. When I was a kid, it really controlled my anger. And then I have an encounter with God, and when I have an encounter with Him, what I had believed as true was no longer true. And it's God. And that's what repentance is. Right now, the best gift we can ever give each other, a best gift a mother will ever get, is when she repents, when she has a change of mind. You know, it's, it's a big deal. And it's, it means, and it really, the power comes from the encounter with God. And so when we prophesy over each other, when you get words from somebody and it hits you and, you and all of a sudden you've struggled with something your whole life and you get this word from the Lord, you have, you're praying, you're worshiping, somebody gives you a word, however it comes, when that happens, you're changed forever. And no one can ever make you feel less than again. No one can ever make you feel dirty again. No one can ever make you go back into that place of death and dying that was in, just eating your minds up and you know it's a big deal for mothers because the truth is mothers are just girls are more sensitive than guys they have a pressure on their lives and at a very young age that's really unique to them and I think many 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 of us struggle with these things we really do and you see what makes God happy is when you see yourself the way he sees you. When you repent, when you have an encounter with him and your mind is transformed, that makes him happy. That's what Jesus said. 
He said there's more rejoicing in heaven over one person who's lost, who's wandering around in the desert, who's being eaten up by the devil and, and falling and hurting and getting hurt. There's more rejoicing in heaven over one person who had metanoias. One person who says, you know, it's like this. Uh, it's that aha moment. Like, have you, have you been there already? You know that moment where, Lord, I, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'm going this way. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, you want me to come home? Because that's what it is. When God opened my eyes and I said, oh, I've been doing this, this my way for my whole life and you want me to come home. That's metanoia that's repentance he my encounter with him he comes to me you see the lost sheep didn't find themselves he went and found them none of us in here found ourselves he found you and he's all he wants to do is do good things in your life right it's a change of perception you know when you have an encounter with God your perception of your self-perception your perception of yourself changes and it, it takes a long time for a lot of us to get to the place where we fall, in, we fall in love with ourselves the way he's in love with us. Where you think you're special the same way he thinks you're special. Where you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, wow, look at me. You see, that's a, that only comes from God. Because that's how God sees you. He sees you with great fondness and great anticipation and love and compassion. And when my mind is changed and I see myself the way he sees me, everything in my life changes. And uh, it really does. And, you know, we need to change. We need to think differently. None of us are so full of ourselves that we don't struggle when we look in the mirror. And it may be the mirror of our life, not the physical mirror. It may be where you live. It may be your education. It may be your marriage or your children or your future or your past. But when you look in that mirror, do you see yourself the way God sees you? This morning, the greatest gift you could ever have that we could ever give to a mom is giving her the gift of seeing herself the way God sees her. Amen. That's a gift. And it'll change your life. I, uh, there is a way that seems right to a man. Every one of our self-judgments that we have against ourselves seems right. In our minds, it seems right. Every one of our judgments where we look at other people and we categorize them and we, we make them into the enemy, it seems right. There is a way that seems right to us, but it leads to death for us and everyone else. Paul said in Romans 12, do not conform to, be, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What I'd like to see today happen from others is your minds be renewed. And it'll be good. It's always good. He is always good. He is always good. We sing that over and over again. There's nothing God wants to do inside of you today that's not going to be the best thing you've ever experienced. He's got plans for us in a future, right? We're going to do that verse. So... The first thing we have to know is this. He wants us to think differently about this. We're not bad. We are lost. Isn't that just a crazy thought? We're lost. We were all lost lambs. I wrote this down. It's, 
And lost lambs are those dumb lambs who are running around, the young ones trying, just going their own way without thinking, right? We're all lost lambs. This is, I hope this is true. This, I hope this isn't true. It's true, though. Some of us, what I'm about to say is true in our minds already, and I want you to see it the way God sees it. We are not scum. We're not vile. We're not putrid. We're not dung, the refuse of the world, just waiting for someone to flush us down the toilet. And you say, well, well, none of us think that way. Oh, yeah, do you, th- you think that God's waiting, to, waiting for you to mess up so he can hit you with a hammer? You're just waiting for, the, for it to fall? You see, in a lot of our world, they're, t- they're saying that in our world, right? America's just circling the toilet right now. They're circling the drain, waiting for God to reach over and... Is that how you see yourself? Listen, I can't find that in Jesus' parables in Luke 15. When Jesus said, this is what pleases the Father, is finding lost sheep, not flushing them down the drain. Once you know something, when you're out there wandering around on your own, you're already in the wilderness. In the Jewish world, the wilderness was where they sent the scapegoats. It was where they sent the rejects and the outcasts. And the thieves were in the wilderness. And the wild animals were in the wilderness. It was a dark place in their culture. When they said wilderness, they didn't want to go there. Guys, if you're wandering around and you're living on your own, you're already there. You're already there. And your Lord and your Master and the Son of God, our Savior, is willing to come out anywhere. You can't go so far, He won't find you. You can't go too deep that He won't get you. There's nothing darker than what He's going to go into to get us. He's going to find us. And He's looking for us every day. And so it's like, it's crazy. You're not, you're not someone circling, just waiting to be flushed. You're not fit only to be thrown out and disposed of. You see, that's how a lot of us see ourselves. Instead of seeing yourself as a lost lamb that's loved by the shepherd, you see yourself as a lost lamb that the shepherd hates. You need to have a revelation. You need to repent of that thought. And you can't without having an encounter with him. And I know I'm talking in language that is uh, maybe the first time you've ever heard it. You say, wait a second, I thought God was just waiting to stomp his foot on our head. And I'm like, well, read the red letters. What did Jesus say? He said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'm coming for you. And nothing can stop me. And nothing could stop him. Not even death or hell or the grave. You see, he loves you. Like, you've got no choice. Sooner or later, you're going to give in and let him wrap his arms around you. That's all he wants to do. What did he say? He picked up that lamb, no matter how messed up it was, and now you know it was messed up, and he put, they put it around their necks, and they walked back. They walked all the way back carrying that lamb. And you know what they do with that lamb every time? You know what the shepherds would do? Because they, they love that lamb. They start whispering into that lamb's ear. They say that every lamb had a name. And those shepherds knew every lamb. And they, they would hold his legs together where he couldn't fall off. And his head's right here. That old stinky, smelly, wet, dirty, covered in manure little lamb. 
and that shepherd's walking back. No matter, it doesn't matter if he's cut. It doesn't matter if he's bruised. It doesn't matter if he's tired and thirsty. He's carrying the lamb back on his shoulders, wrapped around his neck, and he's whispering in his ear, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. I know you. And he talks to that lamb the whole way because when the lamb, when he sets the lamb down, the lamb needs to hear the shepherd's voice because in the New Testament, it says that the lambs only follow the shepherd they know. And Jesus came to earth to find you. He's been looking for you your whole life, and you have to let him find you. And he just wants to take you home. He just wants to take you home. Everything he says to you will be love. And it's, you'll know his voice. And when you know his voice, you won't get lost anymore. See, it's not you, it's him. When you know his voice, you'll follow him and he'll take you in green pastures and beside still water and he'll comfort you and he'll protect you and he'll guide you when you know his voice. And all you have to do is let him find you. Listen, um, lost sheep are unable to resist the snares of the enemy, unable to find their way home. They're unable to free themselves, right? They're unable to guarantee their own future. And here's what repentance is. I begin to see myself as I truly am. This is who you are. Jesus wants to tell you who you are today. He wants you to know and to see yourself the same way he sees you. I see myself as being in desperate need of being found by Jesus. I see myself as completely unable to make my way back to him by any effort of my own. It's time for you to give up. Quit running away, but quit trying to make your way back and let him get you. Listen to his voice. He wants to speak to you today. We're going to have, a, in a second, we're going to have some guys, prophetic people that are going to come forward. And uh, something's going to happen. You're unable to get back to him on your own. He has to find you. And... He wants you to see yourself as infinitely valuable, wanted, longed for, needed, of great worth and value beyond anything. So this morning, I have a, I want to read a story. And then uh, Pastor Tim's going to do something. And, uh, you know, I really couldn't say it. Um, I couldn't say this well to you moms. So there's a video that I want you to show you that says what I think. Okay, so even though I didn't do this video, I think it expresses, uh, it expre I express myself in this video really well. So could you play that video?
Oh, it's so beautiful. That is exactly the truth, isn't it? Moms, you're great. You're great. You really are. Uh, true story. I'll read you about this lady. Sarah had a difficult childhood growing up in a home where she was frequently belittled and told that she was no good. As a result, Sarah grew up with a deep sense of insecurity and a belief that she was not worthy of love or success. As an adult, Sarah struggled with depression and anxiety and often felt like she was failing as a mother to her three children. She turned to alcohol as a way to cope with her pain, but it only made her feel worse. One day, Sarah's neighbor invited her to attend a local church service. Sarah was hesitant, but something inside of her told her to go. She walked into the church feeling unworthy and broken, but as she listened to the sermon, she began to feel a glimmer of hope. Over the next few weeks, Sarah started attending church regularly and reading the Bible. And as God began revealing his love for her, she began to realize metanoia, repentance. She began to realize that she was not defined by her past mistakes or the negative words spoken over her. She started to believe that she was worthy of love and forgiveness and that God had a purpose for her life. With this newfound faith, Sarah began to make positive changes in her life. She quit drinking and started to take better care of herself. She became more patient and loving with her children and started to see them as blessings rather than burdens. She even started volunteering at the church, using her own experiences to help others who were struggling with similar issues. As time went on, Sarah's children noticed a change in their mother. They saw her growing in faith, becoming more loving and patient and compassionate. They witnessed her humility and the way she sought to serve others in need. Sarah's transformation inspired her children to seek God for themselves, and together they formed a strong bond as a family. They experienced the power of God's grace and love, which brought healing and restoration to their lives. Sarah's journey from feeling unworthy and hopeless to embracing her worth and purpose is a testament to the transformative power of God's love. It's a reminder that no one is beyond redemption and that God's grace can bring about incredible change in the lives of those who seek him. Pastor Tim. It's... Um... It's crazy, but when Alan uh, read that story Saturday, my heart began to break. Uh, I mean, and I see dreams and visions all the time. And, and as he read the story, I just began to see the women that I have known all my life pass before me. And maybe it wasn't alcohol, and maybe it was just that you, you had a thought that you were a bad mom or that you made mistakes, or it's not even about being lost. It's about you believe something about yourself differently than what he believes about you. And, and the world has confirmed that, and, and maybe even some of your decisions confirm that, that you're not who you were supposed to be, and maybe your mistakes, your decisions. And I just believe, I just saw a picture of men. Can you start that song? Uh, I just believe that I saw a picture of men that God would give words. 
And if you think differently about yourself than what he thinks about you, and, and you've just pressed on. You come to church and you, you get dressed and you do your thing, but every now and then you have that thought or that thing that pops up that maybe I'm not the mom that I was supposed to be. Maybe I made some mistakes and it was my fault or my cause. Is there anybody here just brave enough to stand up, a woman, and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I've done that. I believe that if you'll pause just for a minute, I believe that the Lord wants to tell you something different. That you are good and you are great. And he couldn't do this without you. And I, I want some of you men to come up here. And Scott, you know, it's crazy. Scott, where's Scott at? I want you to come up here. I want to pray. Me and Scott's going to pray for somebody too. God showed me a picture of you, Scott. And these guys have been praying and asking the Lord what he feels about you. Not what you think about you and not what you've defined yourself by the decisions and the choices that you've made, but what he thinks about you. I just want to know if anybody's brave enough that they would come up here and let these guys. I mean, I wish I had better ones, but it's all I got. Let these guys let these guys tell you what the Lord says about you. I want you to come down here. Come on. Come on. Bring those napkins on down here, Keith, because I think we need more. Come down here. These guys want to pray. and I'm going to pray with Scott. I'm going to pray down here with Scott with him. So, so I want you to come down and just, just it's okay. If, if you're not, if you're there, you're good. Pray for the ones that's down here. Let God speak to them. Allow them to just hear what God's got to say. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you're here, um, if you want to, we can all stand, and we're going to pray for a while. Um, if you want to come up here and help, help pray, then uh, you can get with one of these guys, and you can help pray. And uh, I believe that God's doing something. He's giving gifts today to mothers, so it's a good day to get a gift, and if you'd like for somebody to pray with you, um, all you have to do is come up and we'll pray for you. Other than that, uh, they do have, I think the ushers have the, do y'all have the gift stand back there that they're wanting to give mothers? The ushers have the gifts in the foyer. So as you're leaving moms, special gift for each one of you as you leave. And uh, you just, the ushers will have them back there at the back door, okay? So uh, thank you for being here on Mother's Day. It's uh it honors, it honors the mothers in our world. Amen. So God bless you guys. Uh, have a great day.